Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about putting yourself in front of opportunities. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Plum Investment Group. Guys, do you have a property you need funding for? Plum Investment Group is your solution. Plum helps land investors grow their business by funding your raw land purchase. It's truly an awesome deal, guys. And just to be clear, this isn't a loan. Plum will actually partner with you by putting up the money for your project. So do yourself a favor. Go check them out. The website is PlumInvestmentGroup.com. Happy Wednesday, sir. What's up? Not, not, not much. Not much. Just middle of the week in it. Getting prepared for the state championship races this weekend. I'm excited. Do you have to be prepared to come last? I'm number one, boy. Going for that title, son. I've got my wins dialed in, figured out like I should be able to make it into. I'm I'm hoping I didn't miscalculate, but I think if I if it goes right, I should be going into the championship as a novice. I win. I go intermediate if oh. everything is calculated properly. So I take the state championship and move up is the goal. Redemption 2020. I told you at the beginning of the year it was happening. It's happening, bro. Happening. Well. There's still a lot to go in the year. We'll there see. Is. We'll there see. is. I was nervous last week going into the races. Like my knee felt a little tweaked. Like I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done them sprints. You know, just kind of, I was like, time to suck it up, buttercup. So. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. We'll be yeah. rooting for you. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So Garth Brooks, you've been uh, watching this documentary. Yeah. So the documentary, I'm going to apologize real quick to Jessica because uh, me being in a rut, energy kind of low, sometimes the negativities and the, the interactions push it out. So we had crawl into bed and. I don't know what happened, but it was just something I was like, oh, I'm going to get up and finish this documentary. So I ended up binge watching both episodes. It was like two and a half hours worth of TV. So and you, it was a show y'all watched together and you watched the last, well, she said, everyone knows a cardinal sin. Yeah, no, she sat next to me during it, but I would be like, oh, that's cool. Did you hear that? Huh? What are you talking about? So I think she was playing on her phone. I'm not really sure. I was, I was engrossed in this, this documentary. So a very strong must watch if you haven't seen it, but you know, one of the things about today's show, we're talking about opportunities and being in front of people. You have to be in front of people and opportunities. And he had he had this guy that believed in him that was going out on his own music brand, and they go out, and this guy mortgages his house, and they go to seven record labels and set, like in one week. They do the tour, they call it. He gets shot down by everybody. And so he's scheduled to play that Friday night at the Bluebird, and he's sitting in the Bluebird in the crowd, and his record execs had come in to see this guy playing the number two slot. The guy hadn't showed up. And the manager of the Bluebird sees him there and goes, hey, Garth, can you come up here? And he's like, yeah, I'll be ready to play the second, because he's supposed to play at the 11th slot, not the, num- the number two slot. So he goes up there and plays the number two slot and just kills it. The crowd just radiates with him. You know, it's just it, the showmanship that we knew in the 90s, he put on. The man- the guy from Capitol Records in the crowd goes up to his manager and goes, man, that was an amazing show. Everybody's, you know, hyped. And he's like, we missed something. You know, you need to you need to call us on Monday so we get a contract goes on to being one of the best-selling artists of all time. And he gets passed over by a guy that morning. And then that night they see him in action and he gets the opportunity, which turns into, I think he's broke records on every billboard chart, every record sale, every tour, like revenue. And it was about being in front of somebody. And so that leads to like what we do and how we do it. Are we taking those opportunities and getting ourselves out in front of enough people? Or are we sitting back and just saying, hey, if it happens, it happens. They told me one for 300. You know, and I, 
and that's that's the question. That's that's the question to the crowd. And because I keep hearing this over and over, a direct a direct mail company, Rocket Print and Mail. If you aren't using them, you're spending way too much money. And this isn't a plug for them, but it is. Call Deb. Tell her that you you heard us on Casual Friday to get to them. She goes, you know, Justin, I, I was wondering how your business is doing through COVID. I know you said it's been pretty good. And I said, yeah, it's you know the first three weeks were a little bit a little bit shaky because we didn't know what to do with more of an internal stress, but we've been having big deals close every week. She goes, you know, the thing I see about y'all's business after, because they have 250 of our clients working with them, the thing that they see with our business is the people that are successful in it are the people that are still go out and creating those opportunities. She goes, the people that aren't successful and saying, you know what, it's just not working for me are the same people that are only sending 500 pieces of mail every other month. Yeah. Real quick, go back. Garth Brooks, one of the best concerts uh-huh. I've ever been to. I've never seen him live in concert. Like, I want to now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to now. Like, I would go to see him live. Like, I'm, like, mad that COVID's here and I can't go see him live because I would fly to Vegas to go see him. Like, I want to see that energy. He brings it. Does he? I went and saw him in, when I was in Colorado, so he did three shows a day for, like, five days in a row or something like that. Okay. And I was on one of the very last shows, and it was still the biggest energy that uh-huh. I can't I can't imagine he had more than the first show. And he's soaking wet and sweat because he's just mm-hmm. bringing it, you know, but totally worth it and he was only charging 25 dollars a head no matter where you were sitting wow and so you could be front row right in front of him it was just kind of luck of the draw of where you got to go and he said he was going to do that by proving you can make more than enough money charging 25 dollars a ticket where some of these people are charging you know ungodly amounts to be there right yeah his uh so what they threw up a stat and he had broke the record for sales on a tour and his revenue was like 364 million dollars on one tour this is like 2017 2018 do you remember Chris Gaines? <laughs> so they bring up Chris Gaines in there. <laughs> and I remember Chris Gaines. And I, for some reason, like I always stuck in my head. I was like, that was part of a movie. And everybody's like, no, it's not. It's just when he tried to go rock and roll. Mm-hmm. No, really. It was a soundtrack to a movie. They nixed the movie. And his thought process was, I'll put the soundtrack out first. Everybody will come to the movies knowing the music already. And then the, the movie execs said, now nah, we're not shooting a movie. So here he is looking like an emo Australian pop star. <laughs> That's trying to be Chris Gaines. Yeah. That's like the, I'd probably make up some weird story like that too. Oh, they would do it for a movie. And well, so, <laughs> and, it never came out. And in the documentary, and I, I hate to say too much about it because I really want y'all to watch it because it, it had a bunch of insightful stuff. And it kind of inspired me on some of the tracks that, and some of the choices I've made in my life. But Trisha Yearwood's his wife now. She says, if you close your eyes and didn't know that was Garth Brooks, you would realize the masterpiece that the Chris Gaines album is. I hope I have a wife at some point that's that supportive. She says yeah. that's her favorite, favorite <laughs> record. And I was like, so hearing that, right? I'm like, you know what? I don't have any Garth in my playlist. I'm going to download some Garth in my playlist. Not on iTunes. Oh, really? Only musician left that does not, allow, like star, megastar, does not allow his stuff to be streamed and sold by singles. Hmm. And he won't even do the albums because they won't they won't come to terms on it. So he refuses to put his music on iTunes. I guess you can do that when you're him. Yeah, and and his thought process is the singer-songwriters out there rely on the whole album selling. So like if you sell it by the song, song number 11 in the album doesn't get paid. Mm. But if you sell the album, everybody gets a cut. And that's what he's he's out there looking for them. I was like, man, that's okay. I like you more, Garth. All right, back to back to the business talk, but with like what Deb was saying, I can't I can't emphasize enough how important it is to get yourself out there and do things. There's so much in our business that has come to us from well, there's no no bigger putting yourself out there than recording a podcast. Sitting in a sitting in a room and telling, just spilling your heart out, kind of letting some intimate details slip about, you know, hey, my wife weren't having an argument and or just weren't vibing right. So I decided I was going to go pout and 
finish my movie by myself in peace and quiet in my underwear. <laughs> Never sit in my living room in my boxers, but I was sitting out there with a pillow on top of me watching a damn movie. Yeah. There's three people out there in this world right now who thought that we were all, us putting it out there was only worth three stars now. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. Okay. So screw those three people. If you, oh, I'm not worried about them. It's, I'm not. I know who they are. <laughs> I know who they are. It's somebody's employees who's mad. Yeah. Anyway, you got to put yourself out there to do this stuff. It doesn't, you know, it's the same with mail too. Like you said, people that are only putting 500 pieces out every other month. Of course they're going to struggle. Yeah. It just a, doesn't work. I had a consultant client. He's having a really good year. I, mean, I say a really good year. He's having a better year than some. Um, it's a side hustle for him. And he's, I think he's at 30 something thousand dollars in profit so far. That's after expenses so far this year. So, I mean, it's not a stellar thing, but it's a side hustle. It's on pace to do 60,000 in profit and he wants to replace his income. And we're looking at it using his numbers for the last couple of years. And it's just like, it's like one of those things. It's like, well, are you making enough touches to make that happen? Well, I mean, I don't know. Let's look at the numbers, just work backwards. It's just reverse engineering into it. And when we get through it, I'm like, okay, you've sent 14 or you've sent 12,000 pieces of mail in the last year and a half to get to this number. And you want to be more than that. So we got to get you to between 25 and 45,000 pieces of mail. Oh yeah. Well, how, how should I get there? Make the contacts, cram your inbound pipeline so full that you're, you have deals. You're not trying to make it up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think that's the scary part for a lot of people is going that hard. Yeah. And, and one of the guys in the group yesterday or day before made a comment. He's like, they were talking about the priced episode. He goes, well, would you put your project one money that you put into the, the mailers that we did for that? Would you put that into using the priced technology? And I thought that was a, you know, he's like, Hey, put the price in the gauntlet. And that's, and to me, I'm like, you know, that's a, it's a great question. Do, would you bet on yourself enough? And how many people actually bet on yourself? Because like I said, the guys that I know that are doing this really well, they're putting a ton of mail out. They, that's, mm-hmm. They're just constantly out there. And then on the be everywhere part on the backside, they're all their, their marketing efforts on the back end are clicking too. Whether it's a realtor that's cross posted and they've got the right drone videos, they've got their Craigslist people working and they've got their Facebook ads going and everything's driving back into one force. And it doesn't have to be this expensive machine built. It's just every path is intended and it knows where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you said that doesn't have to be an expensive machine. Cause I talked to a guy the other day who's been trying to ha- do houses for the last six months. Okay. He's been spending cause of his coaches told him over a thousand bucks a month on like VAs and skip tracing and like all this stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. in six months with all that money spent, he's only made offers on three homes and he hasn't had to purchase a single one. Wow. He's putting himself out there. Yeah. yeah eventually, I guess he'll make something. But, you know, that seems like there's, a, I was obviously trying to tell him there's a whole lot better way to do this. There's, there's a different way to do it. And it tends to be better. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a pretty good point. I think, you know, we've talked about here. You got to get out there. You, you yeah. got to put yourself in front of things. And this is on both sides. You have to be willing to look at it. And, you know, the more deal, and part of that is not, you don't have to say yes to everything. You just have to be looking at it. You have to be out in front of the opportunity. Yeah, there'll be, I mean, if you're out there enough, there'll be enough opportunities to come back where you'll, you can pick and choose which one. You'll be happy to say no because you've got so much other stuff going on. But you're exactly right. I mean, we talk about the Project One numbers, of 50-something thousand pieces of mail go out, 100, 198 yeses or counteroffers that came back. Did we buy 198 properties? No, no. No, because they did not meet what we wanted. Mm-hmm. So that's how I want to end it today. Well, then it's ended. Okay. All right. Drop my mic. The, that's it for today guys as always go to facebook instagram youtube give us a like a follow and subscribe and then go to itunes go to stitcher go to wherever else you're listening to us like review and subscribe to the show appreciate it love you see you friday see you friday guys